Welcome to the Quadring Podcast for Monday, the 5th of December. First up, Elon Musk reveals massive new details in Twitter leaks that have past employees running scared. Over the weekend, we had day two of the Twitter files, which came, by the way, of a extremely disjoint and at times extraordinarily frustrating Twitter spaces, populated by some seemingly good people and also some people with some very questionable pasts. Elon did, in fact, choose to join that particular group and to about 100,000 people ask several or answer several interesting pieces of data in turn, or interesting questions around potential Twitter files. Also, Twitter's original founder and former head of security, trust and safety, seemed to be absolutely panicking and a brand new drop. Now, today we've got a lot of stories around all this. Of course, I'll continue to try and keep things diverse in terms of the content. I want to get into first a brand new hashtag Twitter file. This original, well, I don't know if it's the original tweet, but tweeted by George. Uh, breaking email leaks reveal Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs was in regular communication with Twitter telling them who to censor. Now, the Cliff Notes version of why this is extremely important is because here in the United States, we have a thing called the First Amendment, shall not uh, be infringed, of course. And what we have are government officials using private companies to censor American citizens' First Amendment speech rights. These are not tweets that violated Twitter TOS and just got you know, removed for uh, organic reasons. This is U.S. government officials calling on Twitter to suppress Americans' First Amendment rights. And in, in from based on what we have already, just a tiny bit, we have, I don't know, thousands of instances of this. Now, this was done by both, apparently, the Trump administration, although we have not seen any examples of it. We saw hundreds of examples of, I mean, a dozen or so examples, sorry, of where the Biden administration, even before he was president, had reached out to Twitter and demanded tweets be taken down. Tweets that didn't necessarily break terms of service, but were bad for the president, including pictures of his son, stuff from his laptop. This is a big deal. Now we have new uh, redacted court documents that read, thank you, redacted. Both tweets have been removed from the service. We see as the final, so we read this in reverse. This is uh, from, quote, misinformation at cissecurity.org. Now we want to look at who this CIS security even really is. You know, this is probably some sort of, you know, oh, CI security probably. Sorry, I'm used to, you know, woke speak. So I just thought it was CIS security. If I go to cisecurity.org, nothing comes up. There's no website there. And, and there's, if I Google it, CI security, nothing. Oh, wait, here we go. It's a forward thinking nonprofit. Okay. Center for Internet Security. 
hopefully the weaponized autism of the internet will figure out who funds these people, but that's for a different video. So we have CI security emailing Twitter and saying, please see this report below from the Arizona secretary of state. Please let me know if you have any questions. CC, I'm not sure who to best contact us at Twitter. Hello, I'm blank communications officer director for the office of Arizona state. I am flagging this Twitter account for your review. The account has been redacted. Here's more. We see what are you hiding? That must be who they are. These messages falsely assert that the voter system is owned and therefore operated by foreign people. This is an attempt to further under my account. So again, this looks like a nothing burger account that had 21 followers. An account that had 20 followers that they reached out to have suppressed. Now, I don't, this is not in speaking, you know, this is not speaking of whether or not the veracity of their claims. I'm just saying this is a government official doing this. This is a brand new leak. Also, Eric Schmidt breaking. In our deposition of FBI agent Elvis Chan on Tuesday, we found that the FBI plays a big role in working with social media companies to censor speech. From weekly meetings with social media companies ahead of the 2020 election to asks for account takedowns. Chan, the FBI's FITF, and senior CISA officials had meetings with social media companies in the lead-up to the election in which Chan personally told the social media companies that there could be potentially hack information. Awfully curious, right? Then New York Post covers this. FBI warned Twitter during, quote, weekly meetings of the president's son's hack and leak operation before censoring the post, meaning this is probably the earliest form of a pre-bunk, meaning they were running, it seems like they may have been, running cover maybe they knew this laptop was out there they knew the files were going to leak and so they planted the seed hypothetically with twitter to uh get them to pre-bunk this content you see the twitter files leaked documents suggest twitter execs actively influenced potential elections now we talk about some of the original founders and their panics. Biz Stone, original co-founder of Twitter. Yoel Roth, all in panic cover-up mode. You see Biz Stone tweeting this about Elon. He's not a serious person. He does things for sport that have serious consequences for real people. This is an open, global service. U.S. politics is not much of Twitter. K-pop might be bigger. Also, in other places, lives are at stake. Are you nervous, Biz? Are you perhaps nervous? Are you perhaps nervous? And by the way, Elon saw all of this and said, yeah, let's take a look. And maybe they've got some stuff going on. He says, gross. Tune in for episode two of the Twitter files. He says, I don't get why naming names is necessary. Are you joking, dude? Solomon Engel writes, I think the world should know who did these things. They put themselves in the position when they took their decisions and should be held accountable by the law. Absolutely. If you're talking about what appears to be people like Vijaya Gotti uh, playing, you know, judge, jury, and executioner on what is quote unquote 
good enough information for the plebs to consume. How about Yoel Roth getting absolutely ratioed into oblivion for this tweet? If there's one takeaway, it is this. What matters most in platform governance is how decisions get made. You can armchair quarterback specific choices and mistakes all day, but the real work is figuring out how to make principled decisions when all you have are bad options. You should go on Tucker Carlson, discuss that. Um, law of self-defense. The bad guy from WW2 made principled decisions. He just used evil principles, much as you did, actually. This you, Nicholas Sandman here. I mean, like, there's one takeaway is that you're a dangerous partisan activist. I mean, just getting absolutely crushed. Obviously, po people pointing up his old tweets. I mean, here's a liberty lockdown. You damage the fabric of civilization with your decisions. Have you no shame? I mean, this is this guy and Vijaya Gotti need to be in jail. It's really that simple. I don't know. I don't think you know what principled means. How about, was there ever a moment during all the government collusion on censorship that you took a step back and said, what, is my, what my government is asking me to do is a direct violation of constitutionally protected rights of the people or nah? How about this? You mean like this, a severe risk? Can't have this happen? I hope you have a good lawyer. Of course, this one, given the severe risks here in Lessons of 2016, talking about Trump becoming president, I assume, we're erring on the side of including a warning. I mean, these are people that are, are panicking, in my opinion. Absolutely. Here's a tweet I was looking for a second ago. I had to pause. A lot of people don't know this. I record every video on the fly, so my reactions are real and my opinions are in the moment. I feel like that's the most authentic way to report on stuff like this. But I, sometimes I make a mistake here and there. Now, here's David Sachs and Taking Biz. Here's David Sachs, who is the VC at Craft Ventures and uh, I guess friends with the All In Pod, writes, quote, all, oh yeah, this is, the this is the tweet from Biz Stone. Quote, it's heartbreaking. All the world events that we didn't make public to protect brave people. Also, on the Trump poll, the people have spoken. How many Russians voted? Blah, 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 more Russians, okay? Again, this is the co-founder of Twitter who is undoubtedly on several of these emails that are getting out. David Sachs, quote, all the world's event we didn't make public, what exactly is he talking about? Here's Elon Musk, let's find out. There is so much, I wanna know if the New York Times, any media was involved in directly removing personal accounts, we saw this, that James Woods is going to sue the DNC because the D Democratic National Committee or convent, whatever, they got him removed from Twitter directly, directly interfered with having his account removed from Twitter. And next up, Elon Musk's life threatened over Twitter files, cause for real concern over his safety. There was some interesting back and forth on the telephone call or the Twitter spaces on Saturday where it felt like tongue in cheek to ask, but it was interesting to hear the response. And there's probably some very real kind of fear slash truth behind it. Elon Musk was asked, you know, if he fears for his own safety after leaking these files and knowing there is certainly more to come and there was certainly more. In my first video today, if you didn't see it, make sure you go back and watch it. I showed where the Secretary of State of Arizona was 
sing like reaching out directly to Twitter to have small accounts banned, accounts with like 20, 30 followers. We know that there's going to be more government people implicated in the next couple of days. That's why you make sure you click that subscribe button right now. Like I know it can be a pain if you got to create an account, but you're not going to want to, you're not going to want to miss any of this. Um, so is his life in danger? Let's take a look at some of the, the hilarious reporting and also kind of like the very real reality of it. Elon Musk claims his risk of termination is quote, quite significant following the release of first installment of Twitter files that focused on the president's son. SpaceX founder and newly minted Twitter owner Elon Musk has claimed that the risk is quite significant. The claim came during a two-hour Twitter Spaces chat over the weekend during which the richest man on earth said that he would definitely not be doing any open-air car parades. Let me put it that way, meaning he's referring to JFK there. Frankly, the risk of something bad happening to me or even literally being shot is quite significant, he added. It's not that hard to end somebody if you wanted to. So hopefully we don't and fate smiles upon the situation with me and it does not happen. There's definitely some risk there. What I thought was pretty funny is immediately afterwards or during the call or sometime between the initial drop of files and this, Hillary Clinton turned off all of her replies. I just say, I'm not saying they're related. I'm just saying it's a funny coincidence. Everyone knows I love Hillary Clinton. She got robbed in the election. She absolutely should have been the president. Okay, yeah, anyway, um, Musk's comments come after Friday evening's inaugural installment of what have been called, dubbed the Twitter Files, unfettered inside look into corporate communication on Twitter over the last handful of years, including during some of the company's most controversial moment. Musk granted journalists Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss full access to the delicate subject matter. Should give it to WikiLeaks too, by the way. Which he said ultimately might make sense to have publicly available so that anyone can look at them. There were a lot of people on the call whining that they couldn't have access. In particular, one guy who likes to swat people was whining, you know, kind of angling to try and get it for clout reasons. I think Barry Weiss and Taibi and maybe WikiLeaks would probably be plenty of people to have access right now. And then, of course, making it public after you redact whatever personal information, you know. Musk granted journalists, so, but for now, it's been up to the chosen professionals to analyze and release choice parts of the treasure trove. Kicking things off Friday, TV published a thread that provided insight into the suppression of the infamous laptop story. What you're about to so the emails contain back and forth between various members of Twitter's content moderation team that ultimately led to the shaky decision to ban the story without consulting then co-founder and CEO Jack Dorsey. Isn't that an interesting thing to do? It's an absolute massive story. You didn't even ask the boss. Of course, he then detailed various reasons behind the political class out of Washington, D.C., including Trump campaign staffers and members of Congress. Where our speech is not suppressed and we say what we want to say without fear of reprisals, he declared. Musk said the idea of the Twitter files exercise is to come clean on everything that has happened in the past in order to build public trust for the future. I'm not controlling the narrative. It's just obvious that there's been a lot of control of information, suppression of information, including things that have affected elections. And that's all needs to be. You need to have that stuff out there, he said. Musk, who calls himself a free speech absolutist, said as long as you're not really causing harm to anyone else, you should be allowed to say what you want. Um, yeah, well, mm, 
I mean, he hasn't exactly stood by that. I understand he has a business to run. I get it. Um, you know, he also made the announcement that Apple had uh, returned advertising in full. Meaning like Elon Musk goes, talks to Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, collects his $25 million in advertising dollars, I guess, among other advertisers that have also returned. Apparently Elon Musk picked up the phone. Um, so, uh, you know, this whole narrative that, you know, tw Twitter is crumbling because, you know, all these advertisers are leaving. I mean, that's BS too. You see the New York, who is in the New York Post writing uh, yesterday, who is Vijaya Gotti, the Twitter executive involved in censoring the laptop post in the first place? She's pictured here looking extremely unhappy. I wonder how many of her emails are going to come out. Like lots, I would imagine, right? One of the high level Twitter executives who reportedly played a key role in company's decision to censor the story. Uh, is a long story has become as a long history of being accused of suppressing conservative voices. Twitter's former top lawyer, Vijay Gandhi, was singled out in the explosive Twitter thread on Friday by independent journalist Matt Taibbi, who purportedly obtained communications between top officials at the social media company in the wake of the Post's story. The decision was made at the highest level of our company, but without the knowledge of the CEO Jack Dorsey, with former head of legal policy and trust, Vijay Gandhi playing a key role. Remember when she was on Joe Rogan and it was like so obvious that she was pulling the strings? Now it all makes sense, doesn't it? Gotti has long been derided by conservatives as the company's chief censor. New Twitter owner CEO Elon Musk has criticized her in the past, accusing her of blocking the Post story even before Friday's revelations. She was reportedly the main force behind the decision to permanently ban the then sitting president Donald Trump from the platform after uh, January, the day in the party in January that got let out of control. The 48 year old Gotti, who earned $17 million in salary at the company last year, broke down in tears in April when addressing colleagues about the future of Twitter once Musk moved to take over. I wonder why that is. Republican uh, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley pointed out. At Twitter and all at, at the time that a tearful Gotti was the same one who led the charge to censor the story in the first place, and that says it all. Laura Cohn, Twitter's then head of global partners, responded to the flood of online criticism against Gotti by accusing Musk of misogyny. No, I mean, Vijaya got it. And this again, he's promising more smoking guns. Released Twitter emails show how employees debated how to handle. The 2020 story. They didn't debate how to do it. They did it. And you see all these DNC shill reporters, uh, you know, in lockstep going after Taibi. We've got a separate video about that. I don't know. You know, do I think that his life is in danger? I think it would be foolish to not accept that as a possibility, right? I think that it's pretty clear that there, there are people that aren't alive right now because of what they knew. I don't think Elon Musk is particularly hard to get to. He's around. A lot of people said he has security. Well, I mean, <laughs> there have been presidents that had the, allegedly the best security on the planet that have been gotten to. I suspect if there is real damning information on high-level politicians who are involved in this, 
that risk factor absolutely goes up. I think he's trying to disassociate himself by giving it to the reporters, but I don't know. I am, I am, in, you know, unironically concerned for him um, because it, it's it's scary out there. And uh, I'll be interested to hear your comments in the comment section down below on all this because it sure seems like there's at least a non-zero uh, chance that his life is in danger. And if we get more in, in day two or day three of the Twitter leaks that have some big, even bigger names on it, including, by the way, it looks like, hypothetically, that there are people inside the FBI and other intelligence agencies that were a part of this too, right? And next up today, Tim Pool's home attacked, armed response, and very scary incident for Timcast IRL. It looks like there has been like a literal attack on uh, Tim Pool's house. Not many of uh, not not even like the joking kind. People showing up and uh, having an exchange of of, of gunfire. Apparently, uh, everything's okay. Everybody's okay. I believe there's been at least three. There has been at least three rounds recovered, and uh, this is nuts. This is um, exactly what I'm talking about when when people, you know, are willy nilly sharing people's addresses. People talk about. Uh, you know, that, that loser uh, blue check mark that I have a bit of a, a hate hard on for on Twitter. This is somebody who swatted somebody, who shares, you know, who, who, who put somebody's life in, in, in danger. You know, Tim, for everyone saying he's so milk toast, you know, you wonder why people are showing up at his house having, uh, you know, weapons discharged. Uh, just absolutely insane. Uh, Tim recently tweeted out just well this morning, just got word that a crew broke into one of our properties. They're lucky to be alive. They are lucky to be alive. Uh, after nearly being struck by a nine millimeter, they panicked and dropped their belongings and fled the property. Please stay the F away from my buildings. This is West Virginia and you will get hurt. He also writes, I mean, just holy S, you have to be insane to break into a West Virginia house. Not only do are we armed, but like we have really big ones. Could you imagine breaking in and there's some right wing nut job there with a Barrett? That's a 50 cal uh, pointing at you, yelling "Yeehaw!" Uh, no one got hurt. Police are on the scene. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to me uh, that people people online, you know, share. Look. Andy No uh, accurately points out background the repeated publishing of Tim Pool's address and threats on his life came from far left and militant queer activists angry over his comments about the incident that happened in Colorado. Uh, and it's true. Now, the people that did this, you know, if they drop their belongings, then they will probably be identified. Could it have just been some crackheads or whatever? I don't know. I mean, sure, it seems like it. Um, but these are scary times. This is why I moved. You know, my address was floating around too much. People were showing up at my house. You know, I was, you know, they drag, drug my wife out of bed and put her in handcuffs because some idiot online didn't like my opinions. Uh, and it happened. I don't know what five freaking nights in a row. Uh, you know, this is why 
Tim has to pay for private security. This is why I travel with private security. Um, it's because this is the this is the world we live in now. Uh, and it's so sad. I'm really glad that Tim and everyone around him is safe. But I've got some things to say about this because you know, I've been very a very um strong advocate or I don't know, proponent, no. Proponent of exceedingly strong rules against um, swatting, this type of stuff. But also now I'm starting to wonder, you know, when you're posting somebody's address with malicious intent, um, you know, it seems like that there a lot of that goes on on one side of the aisle that does not happen on the other side of the aisle. And it's, it's uh, not okay. It's like, we got to this position now as a society. I mean, look, back, uh, I don't know how many years ago it was now, five years ago, some lunatic like attacked me in the street while my back was turned because they're super heroic um, in the middle of the night because apparently they didn't like my YouTube videos. It was one of the most insane, surreal moments of my life. Uh, it happens all the time. But, you know, I just live in Wisconsin. I'm pretty sheltered, you know, like... I don't really run into these weirdos very often. It's why I probably will never leave Wisconsin. Um, of course, you know, it would be a very bad idea to show up at my house too, but it's, it's the people don't care. They, they, they sit online and they, and they get all worked up all day. And what these people are, are useful idiots, right? The bigger picture is that there are people that want you to do their bidding. You know, all the people that were in the streets during the summer of love that are now have their lives ruined because they have federal, you know, crimes against themselves or the politicians that were out there saying, get out in the street and fight back that lunatic Maxine Waters or AOC, did they bail you out? No. Are they scrubbing that criminal record from yours? No. A lot of the fallout that people don't notice is that there's still people going to prison for this stuff that happened back then because they don't, because they effed around and found out, you know, people's lives are completely ruined because they got too caught up in this fake internet world. You got this guy, right? Cenk Uger, right? Uh, just defaming a Tim Pool saying that uh, he's he's got um, P word thoughts. And he's, I mean, like he states it as a fact. An outright libelous statement, um, pure insanity. Uh, you know, like, and the right wing's like, yes, I love. I mean, this is this is him putting. This I guarantee it. The reason Tim Pool wears a beanie is because he's trying to contain. And he says, like, you know, CP. That's why he's stuff. always talking about it. He's and like this guy sits behind a desk and he's sweaty and he's all greasy and things of like that, and he, he gets his you know lunatic followers all worked up. It's obviously a very fine line to walk when you're talking about this stuff because ultimately the people that do it are the people who should be convicted and, and tried and they're, you know what I mean? Like it's not Cenk Uger's fault because somebody watched his video and went out and broke, broke the law. It's not Maxine Waters' fault because ultimately people have personal responsibility, but when you have, you know, they're exchanging, you know, like they're firing nine millimeters at each other. This is just, there's a nine millimeter lodged in my kitchen now. 
I can't say I'm surprised this happened after the wave of doxing and threats made against us. And a lot of people's easy answer here is like, oh, why don't you just carry? Why doesn't, why, why doesn't just, you know, just carry, just carry, blah, 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 blah. I don't know if I can accurately describe what it's like to, you know, I mean, I obviously there's a lot of military service men and women, law enforcement men and women, or people that have been through that scenario that watch my videos. And I think they would probably, you know, <laughs> uh, echo this. It's not that easy to take someone's life. It's why people choke all the time when they're in that position. Um, and you know, I'd prefer weirdos don't show up at YouTubers houses and have to have their life taken or be in a situation now where Tim has to carry that with him. There's a secondary price to this, right? Even if it's deemed totally clean and you're completely absolved from any guilt or, uh, I'm sorry, responsibility, or you still have civil lawsuits. Look at Kyle. Kyle's currently dealing with a civil lawsuit. People, everyone's abandoned him by the way. He's got this civil lawsuit going on. It's costing him tons of money. No one even knows or cares about it. It's not in the news. Even though the court said he was 100% right to do what he did, they're going to drain his savings account. He's going to have nothing left. Uh, so even if you protect yourself lawfully in your own home, there's a massive financial... There's a whole industry where there's like they sell insurance for this kind of thing. And then there's the mental toll that people have to carry with them for the rest of their life if they have to take someone else's life for this. It's things are have never been more divisive and I'm not I can't say that I don't contribute to that because I do. But what I try to do is remind people that you get one go around. Okay? You get one chance at living unless you believe in some other, whatever some religions believe there's more than one chance or whatever. But like every day I see people who, who are clearly manipulated, right? By the content that they consume and they go out and do something insane. Uh, showing up at Tim Pool's house, exchanging, you know, weapon fire between, it's just over what? You don't like his YouTube opinions? Now, maybe, like I said, maybe there were just some crackheads trying to rob him. I don't know. I've been to Tim's house. It ain't exactly in the inner city. And if you get there, you had to drive to get there. It's not exactly easy to find, right? But, you know, these people who don't like a tweet that he tweets out, uh, they're showing, you know, this is the kind of stuff that they want, right? They think it's funny. Uh, and it's not. And I'm glad that everyone is okay there. And um, this is where it's going to escalate to. Someone's going to lose their life. And it's not funny. And it's not, it's not, um, you know, it's easy to say F around and find out. But, like, you know, somebody's going to lose their life over this stuff. It's sick. Uh, people need to just dial it back. Uh, and I think that's all I have to say about it. And last of today, Twitter files journalist attacked for doing actual reporting. Matt Taibbi slammed for Elon Musk PR. I thought this was a pretty interesting story. Um, Matt Taibbi, who is the liberal journalist who was given the files from Elon Musk, along with Barry Weiss, also another liberal journalist, uh, who has shown, I think, a strong history of actually having integrity, seemed to be under this 
hilariously obvious coordinated attack from other journalists. It's like they got a letter directly from the Democratic National Committee with the exact same words to use. These are actually real people acting like actual bots in real life. Uh, you literally, you can't make this stuff up. Left-wing journals attack reporter Matt Taibbi for exposing Musk's Twitter files. Mainstream news reporters in lockstep with Democratic strategists rush to social media to smear journalist Matt Taibbi as, quote, sad fraud as he released his bombshell report on political censorship at Twitter. You know what also was really shocking? Like, we kind of all know this kind of stuff goes on, but seeing it actually play out in real time in front of us is always is wild to see. Uh, there's like a dozen, half dozen articles that came out this morning that said, oh, Twitter files were a flop. You know, nobody was really impressed by Elon Musk's Twitter files. Like, bro, what? It shows a direct infringement on Americans' civil rights, the First Amendment rights, sorry, uh, by the government. This is a big deal. Quote, Matt Taibbi, what a sad, disgraceful downfall. Daily Beast columnist, a New York Times contributor, don't care because he's a loser, said, quote, selling your soul to the richest white nationalist on earth. On Friday, billionaire Elon Musk, who vowed to give social media giant a free speech overhaul when he bought it last month, released to Taibbi a shocking collection of inside correspondence proving that Democratic insiders leaned on Twitter censors to suppress the post coverage of the president's son's computer before the election. While Ali was hitting send, Democratic pollster Matt McDermott tweeted nearly an identical tweet put down. Matt Taibbi always was and still remains a fraud. Doing PR for the richest person in the world should come as no surprise. By the way, more than two dozen blue checkmark journalists said that exact same phrase. The Democrat words appear to have been cut and pasted from a tweet from NBC's Ben Collins, who it's, that he had posted moments before. Imagine throwing it all away to do PR for the richest person in the world. Humiliating. Conservatives on Twitter pummeled Collins, who made a specialty, who's made a specialty of going after Republicans. You have so much bitterness and contempt against other people, wrote independent journalist Andy No. I hope you find healing in your life. Please keep tweeting. Keep, keep tweeting, GOP rapid response staffer Jake Schneider told Collins, your meltdown is hilarious. Dozens of journalists, including MSNBC's Chris Hayes, NBC's Brady Zadronzi, the New Republic's Jacob Silverman, and Democrat partisans piled on, drawing the scorn of the investigative reporter Glenn Greenwald. The Twitter file shows the company, quote, just freelance its baseless decision to censor the Post's bombshell President Sun's computer report, the whole sleazy in-group liberal gang from NBC and the Daily Beast, etc. This is from Greenwald. All the censorship advocates who think censorship advocacy is somehow compatible with journalism are furious that the acts of their Democratic Party allies in getting the Biden story censored are being exposed. Meanwhile, Yoel Roth, Twitter's former head of safety who led the company when Musk completed his takeover, accused the news site's new owner of endangering censors. Quote, publicly posting the names and identities of frontline employees involved in content moderation puts them in harm's way and is a fundamentally unacceptable thing to do. Bull, I think that we should know their names and that they should be brought up on charges. 
I mean, at minimal, there's some sort of campaign violations here, right? Of course, Yoel Roth is afraid of it. You know, of course, Yoel Roth uh, is having a, a meltdown about it. And you can see Taibi responding here. Looking forward to going through all the tweets complaining about, quote, PR for the richest man on earth and seeing how many of them have run stories for anonymous sources at the FBI, CIA, the Pentagon, and the White House. Now, Matt Taibbi will likely be releasing part two or maybe part three. It's difficult to know if, if whatever happens Saturday is technically part two. Uh, either that or Barry Weiss um, soon. But this article from Mediate, the 27 most embarrassing reactions to the Taibbi thread about Twitter censoring tweets. It's shocking how in lockstep they can be, isn't it? Now, I'm just going to go through a couple of these. Ben Collins. Imagine throwing it all the way to PR for the richest person in the world. Humiliating. Chris Hayes. Watching some of the most famous, most powerful, and richest men red pill themselves into disaster. Pretty wild. Medhai Hassan. Imagine volunteering to do online PR work for the world's richest man on a Friday night. Ilya Sapita. Watching Matt's unbelievably fall, unbelievable fall into lazy, reactionary commentator. And now PR hand for the world's richest man is depressing. From calling Goldman Sachs a vampire squid to giving free PR to the world's richest billionaire man. What a career journey. Jason Scryer. Editors are great. Not just because they make your word sharp work sharper, but because you could ask them things like, hey, should I be doing PR for the world's richest man? I mean, this, I want you to remember this moment and remember these names and laugh in their stupid faces anytime they ask to be taken seriously. Jason Wilson. All these people are verified, by the way. I know he's telling you what you want to hear, but the fact doesn't change that he's working PR for one of the richest men on earth. He didn't get the story it was handed to him so he could do PR for Say it with me. The world's richest man. I mean, it goes on and on. And they all said the exact same thing. How does this even happen? Do they get, are these journalists on like the same Slack channel? And they're like, we're going to, remember, are you old enough to remember that Gamers Are Dead article that really kicked off Gamergate? Like, it's like all these journalists are like, we're going to say this exact same thing. Talk about, we're going to push this narrative about doing PR for the world's richest man. I mean, they're all hacks. And, and it's like so funny that they, they're so lazy that they don't, even, they don't even want to try to pretend that they have an individual thought. This is Elon Musk's next Twitter bombshells could explode social media tyranny. It's clear from Twittergate revelations that social media giant deliberately involved in suppressing free speech. This is the correct take from these reports. Vijaya Gadi should be disbarred. Like, I, I don't even really understand how people don't see this as a mass. I mean, oh, I know my viewers do. Like, and, and we've just seen the surface. Now we saw, we saw Twitter co-founder Biz Stone whining and complaining about people getting outed and Yul Roth doing it too. How many of their emails do you think are going to be a part of the Twitter files? It's like I've said, Elon Musk did not purchase a company. He purchased a crime scene. 
And like the fact that all these journalists is disgraceful. You know, Matt Taibbi uh, simply laid out the articles and laid out the facts. What exactly does, and by the way, just because Elon Musk has money does not mean he's wrong, right? Also doesn't mean he's right, but it is his, that's, they're, they're like, oh, he's so rich, so therefore you should disagree with him. I mean, they weren't saying that when Jack Dorsey ran it, were they? They weren't saying that when Prar Gargawal ran it, did they? They don't say it about Mark Zuckerberg unless he falls out of line, do they? This is why I'm telling you where we are entering an absolute golden era of citizen journalism. It's never been a better time to be involved on Twitter. If you're not following me, I'm at the quartering one word. Never been a better time to be writing your sub stacks, to be becoming a YouTuber, a content creator. Don't just put videos on YouTube. Be on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute. Be everywhere. It's never been a better time.